passion. Sometimes you don't know what it is yet. You don't know what your passion is or your purpose is until you take a path. Everything that I've been through, it brought me here because I was willing to take a path that I thought that was good for me. And I found my path on the way through taking that journey. So I was like, try things, go out and try things, learn something, network. You don't know who you're going to meet that maybe say, hey, look, I see that you're doing this. Maybe you should do this. And that's you know how I've learned how to do things. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. So today I have Tamara LaRock. Do you mind giving a brief introduction of yourself? Yes, of course. Um, again, my name is Tamara LaRock. Um, I'm a mom of two. Um, I try to get in... Um, I have a background in like design. I freelance like doing web design, graphic design, um, mobile app design, also learning iOS development with UI. Wow, you're doing a lot. I know. I have to. I'm, this is where I am. I'm picking a path right now. So I love design. So I'm going to stick with the design part. Yeah, because I remember when you were in Twitter space, you were telling a lot of things, but the design is what stood out. And I feel like your background really hints at it. So let's go back because you have such an interesting story. How is high school like for you? Uh, high school was kind of weird. Um, I mean, I kind of stayed to myself. I know a couple of people. It was uh, kind of weird, but, um, I graduated and I left, but I kind of, I had a couple of friends, but high school was kind of weird. I really didn't figure out who I was. Like I stayed to myself kind of like drawing and designing like at, at that time. Um, and then when I left, I tried to go to like a design school, but without like enough information, but it, yeah. <laughs> okay. What'd you want to be in high school? In high school, uh, like I said, I didn't really have any much guidance. Um, in high school, I knew I wanted, I, I, drew, I drew a lot. Um, like I had my little uh, pad, my little pin pad and my tracing papers and like just drawing like cartoons. I used to love Dragon Ball Z at the time. So I used to like draw Dragon Ball Z on a piece of paper and stuff like that. Um, again, I had no guidance. So I ended up going to um, like a fashion school. And I only went to fashion school in order to draw. Like I, like I said, I had no guidance. I didn't know. So yeah. I went into it and I'm like, okay, I love the drawing part where I can like draw the little figures and the fashion and the design. But then they had sewing and stuff and I'm like, eh. So <laughs> I didn't stay with it. Yeah, no, that happened. So what'd you end up doing? Um, after that, I kind of wanted to get into like um, dentistry. So I ended up taking like courses for like dental assistant. I thought I was going to be like a, a cosmetic um, dentist again, like um I had a couple of years of experience, like, um, actually like making like crowns and stuff. Again, it's, it's part of design. I get to design the, the crowns, yeah. stuff like that. trying to figure out like where, where to place myself without guidance. So yeah, that lasted for a couple of years. I had a kid and then, um, I kind of ventured off to like different jobs and stuff. I still like, um, you know, trying to figure out myself and then pastry got into my life. <laughs> okay. So tell how how'd you get into pastry? Um, I have a big family, so, um, we always cook, like, it's like 15 of us in one house at one time, um, growing up. So, um, I started cooking, like, during the holidays and stuff, people were into, and, you know, this is around the time, like, Facebook and posting things like that, people started getting interested in me making cakes, this is normal stuff, and for me, just making cakes for the holidays, stuff like that, and get gathering with my family, 
and people were interested. Like, oh my God, I need you to send me this. And um, how did you make that? Could you, can you ship something to me? Or, you know, just neighbors and stuff like that. And that's how it started. When did you realize like, hey, I could actually do this for work? I think it was kind of like a, a struggle. Um, we were kind of, um, me, it was me, my two kids, and my husband at the time. So I'm not going to lie about that. We were struggling financially. And I said, you know what? Since people are so many, you know, I'm already like selling, selling cakes here and there just for fun. I'm going to say, maybe I should start doing this like full time, you know? So I started selling, you know, I, I made my logo on my own at the, at back then. Made my logo, started selling cakes. Um, and the vision was, you know what? I'm going to start this business and start selling cakes. So that's how it all started. Now, when you did it on the side, how much do people charge for cakes? It just depends. Like you gotta, you gotta know your, tar- uh, for, for me, you need to know your target. Um, for me, I didn't, a lot of bakers start off doing like baby showers and stuff like that. I didn't start off doing baby showers. Um, so it was mostly like birthday cakes, um, holiday cakes. So like pies would be anywhere from like $15 or $20, things like that. Whole cakes would be like $40. Um, then I started doing like infused. It was known for like my blue velvet cake way back then. This was like nine years ago doing blue velvet cake. So it's not nothing new, but um, charging like $50 for a cake. Then I got known for doing infused cake, like alcohol, stuff like that. So an infused cheesecake. So I was doing a lot of stuff. Um, it was really exciting starting the business. Um, lots of ups and downs, of course, with financial issues and still trying to push for being um, a pastry chef and running my own business it started getting like kind of weird. So I started saying, you know what? Um, my goal is to get into like fine dining and like really being, you know, working in a restaurant. You mentioned it got really weird. Can you clarify that? I think I feel because I feel like um, it wasn't for me. I, I wasn't good at the, I was good at the production part, but I, I didn't, it wasn't good at the business part. So mm. a lot of things that I know now, I didn't know then. So I would take like my, my whole entire income tax at that time and just buy a bunch of products, not knowing or have any guidance. Like, even though I was like kind of connected to like businesses of commerce and stuff, I don't know why I didn't get this information while I was there, but it's okay. Um, at the time, um, instead of, you know, having my business structured properly so that I can get, you know, the funding that I needed or to scale, you know, making sure I have a business bank account, um, making sure when I started, like there was tons of programs through like these business of commerce where um, I can try to get help or certifications. But by that time I was like, already a year in and it's like, Oh yeah, you got to be a year in business to do this. I said, yeah, but I'm te- technically a year in. It's like, no, you wasn't registered at the time. You didn't have your business bank account at the time. So yeah, you live and learn. <laughs> now, did you find that it was hard to like do business with friends and family because they just think, oh, you're baking a cake, but they don't realize like, hey, this is my livelihood. I use this to pay my rent. I use this to pay my bills. Did you struggle with that? I did struggle with that. So you have a lot of family members or people with close friends who, because they know you, you know, they expect it either for free or at a discounted price. So that was really difficult. Um, like, no, I can't do it for free. I can't do it for this. Or you have like mishaps where they, you know, they say they're going to pay you. Family, they don't pay you. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like little things like that. But yeah, I mean, I think all entrepreneurs kind of go through that. Yeah, no, trust me. I know it's like, hey, look, it's different because I can't go to your job and get a discount or things for free. Right. So you can't do that for me. It's just like you go ask your CEO. <laughs> yeah. So now you... You said you want to get into fine dining. Why did you want to get into fine dining and how was that transition? 
Uh, fine dining with uh, pastries. Like I've always uh, paid attention to like uh, like Paris and French pastries because, of course, that's where it, where it's all started, right? Yeah. Um, so I used to get these at the time. I was used to get these pastry books were totally in French, right? Um, couldn't really read them, but I kind of like kind of knew like what, what was going on, kind of. But they also had an English version. I found out later on, and like they all they're always doing things first. So I try to implement everything that I'm doing with my cakes with, you know, what they're doing over there. So that was like kind of the dream. I was like, man, I was like, I know the French pastries are more like working in fine dining and being a pastry chef and fine dining was like the ultimate goal, like having the beautiful plates and learning how to plate. So, yeah. When you got in, did you get more pay? Were you a lot more relieved? I wasn't actually um, in the beginning. It seemed like, like, man, I'm like, I'm in my dream job. I'm like, this is it. But culinary, being a chef or fine dining is not for everybody. I'm not going to say that it wasn't for me because it was. But um, there's a lot of things you have to do, especially with different, dealing with different personalities and stuff. A lot of, I felt like I was getting sabotaged a lot. Um, different personalities wasn't happy with me. I mean, the chef was happy with me. But de- dealing with a lot of conflict, like this is something I love, but I have to deal with this also. <laughs> so it was like, you know what? Um I can't do it anymore because I, I, it's making me not love what I do because I got to deal with all the stress of, you know, all the things that's going on in the kitchen rather than just focus on the craft. Do you mind going into like some of the things that you wish you knew about the industry? Because, there, you know, I could see a lot of people going in like, I love this. I love X, Y, Z. But when you go into actual work, it's a totally different thing. Like I was talking to someone who was in the chef and he like he still struggles because if you make a mistake in the kitchen, or you ask a question, they're like, why are you even asking a question? Like, I don't need you. Yeah. Like, if you need to ask a question, why are you here? So it's a very different environment. So what are some things that people need to know about it? Um, you need to know you got to have tough skin when you go in, right? So um, certain kitchens, you're always going to get yelled at. I mean, it's part of the game. I mean, that kind of made me more disciplined and more of a drive because um, in one of the restaurants that I worked in, we have this huddle in the morning time. The chef is like upbeat and he's screaming at us like, we're going to get this done today and we're going to do this. And everybody's like, yes, chef. And they're moving around like this is like a true fine dining restaurant there. Everybody's in line. Everybody's going to their table. Um, you can't make any mistakes. You can't drop anything on the floor. And when you walk, you have to walk with speed. Um, this restaurant, I had the little white hat, the white outfit. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a great experience. But that wasn't for me. <laughs> so um, as far as going into it, um, you got to have tough skin. The chef, is, you make mistakes. You always, um, it's a team effort. Um, you're going to get yelled at as part of the game. Um, but you also have to understand if one person messes up on the line, then the whole team goes down. So. Mm. You got to be able to move fast. Um, you got to be able to have tough skin. You got to know what you're doing. I mean, some, but if you do make a mistake or you catch the mistake, you got to let somebody know right away while still working. So, yeah, it's not it's not anything to be played with. But, yeah. <laughs> do you mind sharing, like, one of the times that you messed up and how, how was it? Oh, man. Um, it was actually in the restaurant that I was talking about. They were, like, they were, like, strict fine dining. And I, this here, you have to, like, you know, you have to be at your table. Everything has to be completely neat. You can't make any mess. You make any mess. Your napkin has to be folded on the side of the table at all times. I was, I think I was cutting maybe basil. I was chopping basil. And it's a certain angle. It's like really fine. I have to chop it up. And as a certain angle, you need to chop it up where it doesn't bruise, right? So it doesn't turn like a dark color. Um, and I was chopping it in a different angle. And the chef caught it and he went off. And I mean, this, I mean, this basil, it was like three or three or four pieces of basil. He screamed on me. 
Like, really, it's like, what are you doing? You, what are you doing? You're not supposed to chop it like this. You are bruising the basils. I need you to go get more basils right now and do it all over. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that, that sounds tough. That sounds tough. So what year is this that this you're in so far? Because you did it for 10 years. So what year are you sharing right now? Uh, maybe 2007 or 2008. Okay. Well, 2010. I would say 2010. So was this earlier in your career? Middle of your career? This was earlier in the career. Okay, okay. I first so got to fine dining. When did you get the swing of things? Because I know it takes like, you know, it takes time to adjust. When did you feel like, okay, I got this. Like, um, you know, I could handle it a little more. It's still tough, but I got it. Um, I worked for what a fine I worked for a fine dining, and then I worked for a bakery. And then I left and I went back on my own. Okay. Um, so how was it like why'd you leave fine dining? Um, I left because of, again, you have to have tough skin. I was I was starting not to like it. Um, but I still wanted to do it. So I used to just read books, watch videos on different stuff techniques. I actually went to this little culinary school that's I can't remember the name in New York. Uh, for a little bit, just to learn a little bit more, which was awesome. I had some awesome teachers. Um, I can't remember his name right now. He still follows me on Facebook. <laughs> I'm giving him a shout out, but I, I don't can't remember uh, what, what's his uh, what's his name. Um, yeah, so I went to school. For, I was to school for a couple of months just to you know get better at you know plating, get better at um, you know just chopping things up and getting my knife skills up. And then I just started just posting stuff like from school. And then after that, I started applying. Um, I applied for a couple of things and I guess my dream after that, my dream job kind of, which I didn't say, but contacted me to come in for an interview after I posted my resume on this like chef's website. So, I was, oh, so what is the dream job? Um, it was working with fine dining. Um, that was at Wolfgang Puck. I didn't stay there that okay. long, but, um, it was at Wolfgang Puck and they called one of the chefs they were hiring. They called me at like, I was, man, I was like kind of depressed. It's like, dang, I was like, I'm kind of selling cakes. I'm in school. I was, wor- I started working at a job at, I think, um, what is that? Like maybe Staples or something. Yeah. And it called me. I was like, it was like two weeks in or something. And they called me at an afternoon. I'm like, Ooh, somebody kept ringing my phone. I'm like, who's this? And I picked up and he was like, we need you to be here at five o'clock in the morning for this interview. I'm like, wow, five o'clock. I have to work. And I'm like, all right, no problem. <laughs> I'm going to be there at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And I made it at five o'clock in the morning and then I started working there. Wow. So how was it? It was great. I really started to love it. But again, you do, like I said, you, I understand the tough skin. I was trying to work in my best, but you do have to deal with different personalities. Um, but after that, I'm like, you know, dealing with these different personalities who not who are not in charge. But, you know, um, it just didn't work out after. I wish I would have like kind of changed my mind and stayed, but. At that time, I had like life issues that was also going on um, because, again, I had more financial issues around that time. I was getting divorced, so divorce also, um, and things were like, I can't focus on this if if I'm having these issues with different personalities work. I can't really focus on what I need to do. So, so you know what? Because I need to, you know, clear my mind and things like that. I was like, you know, what? I can't stay because I can't give this a hundred percent because of you know everything else that's going on. No, I mean, it's tough when, you know, life is like that. It just tends to hit you all at once. It's not even like, give me one thing at a time. It's like, I'm going to throw everything at you at once. Right. It's now, like, you gotta, it's like the yin and yang, right? So you got to understand now that I know that um, the yin and yang, you got to understand when the positive comes, there's always going to be a little bit negative somewhere, but you got to be ready and be strong enough to deal with it. So that way you don't mess up the positive that's going on. Okay. So you left this job. What came next? I actually went to work for another company, right? 
after that. I, I said I was going to give it up, but I didn't. And I think the kind of like the for me, like the universe was telling me, like, no, not now. It's like you're supposed to be doing something, but not now. So I ended up working for this other restaurant and I fell and hurt my leg. So ended up having to go to therapy, uh, physical therapy. So I ended up not at, for a while. I couldn't stand up on my leg too long, things like that. So I didn't end up going back to any like fine dining or anything. What I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. So what'd you end up doing? I ended up doing Uber in New York. Um, I rented, I got my TLC license um, in New York. Um, I ended up renting a TLC uh, Suburban, the big black uh, XL yeah, Suburban. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was doing Uber for a while, um, for about maybe like two years. Um, and then I was trying to figure out like what to do. I was like, okay, now I was like, I need to be working in my craft, but also I need to work. Um, I was like, I still, I still love to design. I still love to create. I mean, I was still doing stuff for like my kids and stuff for the school, stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff in there. Um, and then after two years, I said, you know what? I started, you know, learning more about like, first it was like data science and things about tech, stuff like that. And like, you know, you're working through Uber, they always send these emails about paying for you to go to do like, um, you know, de- being a developer and stuff like that. And that's how I was like, oh, okay, this is this, this is that. It's like, and I had a friend that moved to Florida and she's like, you just need to come, just leave, just leave. I was like, so you're going through all these problems. Like it's time to leave New York. Cause like the rent was like crazy high at the time. And you know, I was like, I'm going through all this stuff and I'm still trying to, I was like, it's time to leave stuff behind at least. So that's what I did. I sold all my stuff to my kids and I left and to move to Florida. Wow. And a lot of people don't know those suburban rentals are expensive. What is it? What was it like five, 700 a week back then? Actually, no, the company that I had, was about $400 a week. Okay. But so that's not too bad. That's not bad, but you make a lot of money with these vans. So especially the bl- big black suburbans, you make yeah. money with it. So it's not like the cars you make a lot of money with. Uh, the yeah, yeah, but it's a lot of work too because you gotta yeah. you gotta hustle. I remember yeah. like some long trips, two three hours. Then you come back and in the mountains somewhere <laughs> with the truck. <laughs> that was the most. But I think I always talk about that. Um, I had this big uh, the big suburban driving, and I pick up this passenger from the airport. And he like lives on the mountain, and I'm telling you, like the roads were so skinny, and I had this big truck. It was so scary, but I had to do the job. So I'm like, oh my god, I'm like how am I gonna get? Out? I can't even back out anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you got it done. Okay, so now you made the move. It's a big transition for you. How was it making the move? Like, were you scared? I was scared. I've lived in New York all my life, and my family has always lived in New York. Um, besides my grandparents who moved from the south to New York. Um, but yeah, I, it was scary. So I was like the first to move out of New York for my family. So, and I didn't have anybody here but my friends. So it was scary. Okay, but it looks like it, it's working out. So what what happened next? Okay, so after that, I actually attempted to go back to culinary school here. And I'm telling you, when the universe says no, that's like you're not listening, you're supposed to be doing something else. I started in the school. I'm like, okay, this is great. I think like, I'm going to find me a restaurant to work in. I was like, I'm going to start over. And the school closes down. Oh. So I'm going to the school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, we don't have any more funds. It's like, so why did you take us in? You knew you were going to close down. So, you know, so I'm like, what am I going to do now? It's like, you keep telling me don't do something else. I said, okay, fine. I said, that, that part of my life is over. Um, so I was like, okay, maybe I'll find a job in some type of um, uh, restaurant or something, which I did for a while. But I wasn't happy. So, so that didn't last long. Um, after that, I ended up, I moved into my own, I was living with my friend for a little bit. I moved um, into my own apartment. 
I'll stay there. And then I ended up working for like Amazon for a while. So after I left the being, a, I was actually a priest, the head, head priest assistant there um, at that restaurant. But I left and went to work for Amazon as so a driver. You were the driver or the warehouse? So first I ended up as a driver first because um, I was already driving for Uber. And it's like, I just drive. But again, I like from working as a chef, you get this like discipline and get competitive, right? Yeah. So I was like competitive driving and trying to get the packages out. There's always this thing like who's going to be first, first in line or second in line of yeah. the drivers to do good for the next day. So it was that, but it got too much. They were like piling packages on me. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like a kid. So I ended up working in the warehouse. <laughs> okay. So now when do you start really making the transition to like web development and UI UX? Um, as soon as, the, I mean, like I said, um, when I first got into like delivery, I started learning about their internal programs for tech. And it was like from there, I'm like, okay, cool. That's like, but um, again, when I, working, I was only, it's only for permanent um, workers. When I worked in a warehouse, it was temporary. So um, I was like, okay, how can I get here? How can I um, do this? Just ask some questions, things like this, things like that. But I wasn't put into permanent um, work employment yet. So that was kind of like an issue right there. But by then the pandemic hit. So I was home. I was trying to look for remote work and I was trying to, you know, just reading articles about like, how can I break into tech? And a lot of the articles said, you know what, start with a help desk job or a technical support job. So that's what I was looking for once the pandemic hit. Did you get one? I did. I started doing like contract work um, for this company that does like customer service and stuff like that. Um, I think one of the contracts was like for Home Depot or something. So I did that. Uh, full-time at home for a while and doing the contract work you get to set your own schedule so it, it kind of worked out for a while and from there I went down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out where I belong in tech with, without thinking about my design side but eventually like I I started using um learning how to use AWS so I have a little bit of skills from that um I took this even took to certification and I failed and I didn't touch it again <laughs> no they're not easy the solutions architect and stuff is not easy and from there, I'm like, okay, um, the program that I took, I said, you don't need to code. You just need to learn how to do this for the certification. But during the, pro- during the program that I took, it's like coding and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, maybe I do need to learn how to code. And then from there, it was like Python, um, JavaScript. I kind of looked at all these things to, you know, see where I fit. And then I started learning more about like UI, UX design or web design. And I like HTML and I like CSS, but I didn't like JavaScript. <laughs> And I started like um, networking more on LinkedIn and someone, someone was telling me about, oh, you need to go on Twitter. Twitter is the place to be for, you know, to get information for tech. And that's how I started um, networking and learning about, I guess, iOS development and UX, UI, UX design. And that's how it, that's how it started. You got to thank that friend. That friend told you the right info because yes, Twitter did. is the place. <laughs> so now let's let's kind of look back and, you know, you're obviously it looks like that you have that creativity all throughout your life. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just got to stick to your strengths and somehow figure out a way to make it work. Now, looking back, what would you say you did to get ahead and be successful? Definitely get into the the chef world was my discipline. It helped me to be disciplined and to go after what I want. Because in order to work in a field, you have to be disciplined. You like, you have to be fast. You have to be uh, disciplined. You have to think about what's next. So it really helped me to be disciplined, getting up at five o'clock and getting up, excuse me, at two thirty in the morning to be to work for five. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, the cha- the food industry is different. I know meat industry and all that. It's like this: you wake up two, three a.m. and it's super early. Super early, getting on the subway um, and just trying to be to work at five. The help with discipline, especially um, knowing that um, planning, um, working in the chef industry, we know we have a party of thirty coming in. Here's the menu. I know I need three days before how how to prep things and how to manage my time. So being in the chef industry absolutely helped. Now, what would you say are some of the mistakes you've made and things you wish you knew earlier looking back at your career? As far as like my business goes, I wish I... Well, yeah, let's start with the business because that was beginning. Like now, if you went back and you did your business, what would you have done differently? Um, Network more to learn more about at least business structure and what I really truly needed for the business instead of just you know, doing production and selling cakes and getting the money for it. If I, my, I, I always say, it's like, if I knew what I knew now about business structure and how to get funding, things like that, I probably would have had two or three bakeries, but that wasn't the journey for me. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now what were, so business wise and also like, what would you different do differently about pricing? Pricing? Yeah. Um, so like friends and families, how would you go about setting those boundaries? Cause it's not easy. No, it's not. I would say I was no matter who it is, you still have to kind of treat it like business. Sometimes you want to give your family members discounts. Sometimes it's fine, but always like have that a little contract and like okay, I'm gonna give you a little family discount, but you gotta sign this contract. So yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't do things so, like that. <laughs> wait, people sign contracts for like cakes? Yeah, what's it a contract for the cake? It's like a service, you need to sign a contract. Ah, I so, like, like that. It's, it's, it's still catering. So if they have something coming up, maybe a wedding or 10, yeah. 10 months away or something like that, there's a contract. Like, okay, this is a down payment that you have to pay. You have to have this other payment in by, by this time. Or if you do a tasting or something like that, you come in, some of the payment for the tasting will go towards your cake. So yeah, it's like, uh, you know, for delivery, things like that. I mean, that's good to know. It's something that people don't think about. I just think like, hey, where's my $50? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your cake. No. I, it, it, and again, it's something that people don't know, but it's good to know. Yeah. Now, what about like throughout your, because you know, I know you worked at different places. Like what would you say are some of the mistakes? Because you mentioned like you wish you had stayed at the Wolfgang restaurant. Yeah, it was a good experience. Um, you know, I, again, I had a lot of things going on and you got to separate emotions from business or um just your career sometimes. And I guess at that time I was emotional. Like probably if I would have, you know, I have a little bit of strength now because, you know, look, always looking back to learn from it. Um, yeah, I would have stayed. So I wouldn't let anyone get the best of me and I would have been able to stay. Another mistake because around the time that I did start my business, I was working as a, um, what do you call it? Like a work study in the college where I got experience as a um, assistant to the dean. Um, so that was kind of like an internship thing. And I was already doing like kind of UI UX design there. I was doing all of their flyers. There was a website they were on and I was kind of maintaining like the posts on there. Um, and I learned a lot of skills from there because the dean that at the time, the assistant dean that was working there, she also taught me a lot about, you know, getting to-do lists and getting things together. So I learned a lot from her also. She's actually the VP on, on that right now too, also in that school. So, and then I took all of that that I was doing because, Whatever make whatever uh, I can be creative, so I try to put my creativity in the job that I was already doing. So I would do these awesome like design these newsletters and send them out to everybody <laughs> in the school, like the staff and stuff and the students. 
Um, and a lot of that stuff that I learned, I put it into my business. But at the time, like I said, I didn't know that all the stuff that I was doing for my business and where I worked at the school, I didn't know that it was a job. And I'm like, kind of like doing it. The website, um, the designing. I even had a friend that reached out to me at the time that started the business. I did a logo for her back then. And I did not think that, you know, it was a career path back then. <laughs> yeah. Now, sometimes you just don't know till you know. Now, how has the industry changed over time? Because I know when you started, social media was different, right? Like now people put all their cakes on social media and Instagram and they get business. And I see people like my sister. I was like, where'd you get that person? She's like, oh, I found her on Instagram. Like I like the design <laughs> she does and all that. So, you know, how has the industry changed over time? Uh, the industry is completely different now. I mean, especially with social media, um, you have you have more of a reach now. Um, back then I had to like constantly do like word of mouth and be a part of all of these organizations, uh, like business to business. I, I've done tons of like vendor uh, events where I just bring my cakes or bring food or whatever, and they taste the food and things like that. Um, I've actually catered an event. Um, it was actually for uh, Eric Adams back then. So I was doing a lot of wow. events like that. So that was really cool. Um, I still have like pictures from it and stuff. And like things like that. Um, I had to do word of mouth. You have to be outside. You have to know people, you know, to get referrals. Now you have the internet, like you have so much reach. Uh, to to get customers. So like it was harder back then. Like if I post something, it may not get to everybody. It may not even, I mean, it'll get to the people that's just following me. Back then I had to hustle just a little bit more. Now it's the internet. You can post stuff. You'll get a million likes, a million views. People are seeing your stuff. You can do everything from home now. So, which is really good. (laughs) You got to post your blue velvet cake on Twitter. I got to see it. My blue velvet cheesecake? Yes. Yeah, I got to see it. I got to see it. And yeah, no, one day I'm going to buy a cake from you. I'm going to, we're going to sign a contract, whatever. I'm going to do it all official and whatever you need. Let me know. Um, I got to get my friends to watch this because they've been trying to get me to make blue velvet cheesecakes again. It's like, remember what a blue velvet cheesecake <laughs> When are you going to make it again? <laughs> so now looking back, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Biggest accomplishment was moving to Florida for the change and then figuring out, you know, where to put, I wouldn't say all my eggs in the basket because I never put all my eggs in the basket. You shouldn't put all your eggs in the basket, I guess. Um, you got to figure out where where to go. Um, but the biggest accomplishment was uh, move. I said moving to Florida because it, it made everything change. You know, I was able to discover different things about myself, you know, um, different career paths that things I were already doing. So, and it brought me here. I'm glad <laughs> you made it because that's a scary move because I'm in New York City. My family's here. I got cousins all over, but it's like, yeah, no, it's not easy just to be like, oh, everything's gone. I'm going to just make a big move. Yeah, I, I miss it, though. I don't miss the snow and the weather, but I do. <laughs> no, it snows less now. It snows less now. Really? Yeah, let me tell you, it was like hot to like September, like middle of September. And even now, it's like you can get away with the hoodie. Like, I remember I used to uh, shovel snow mm-hmm. for money. And then I was like, yo, I'm going to buy a snowblower. So the next year we can make more money, right? We can get these houses done quick. It didn't snow for five years. I was like, what the? Or it didn't snow for like three years or something. It's still like one inch. And I was like, ah, oh, like, oh and now I'm too old for that stuff. I don't miss shoveling my own snow. We used to live in this uh, this uh, house and we had like the upstairs part and somebody had the downstairs part and it was snow and I had to go outside every morning to move my car and shovel. I do not miss that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, I don't miss that. So what would you say, what would you say you're most proud of? Um, number one um i have she um my oldest is 17 she's gonna be 18 soon um they're both creative my youngest is uh 13 
uh, they both are very, very creative um, and very, very smart. So that is one that's the, I'm proud of that. And one of my biggest accomplishments. Um, I feel like now the way that I think, I like my, everything that I went through, part of the journey is learning and learning who you are, right? So um, I'm glad I had all those experiences because good or bad, it brings me to who I'm becoming today and figuring out things and all those experience that I ha- experiences that I gain and skills that I, I gain kind of can transfer to everything that I'm, I'm trying to do now. What would you say was the hardest period of your life or what was the hardest thing you went through? When I think my, bu- my business at the time, um, when I was full into my business, I wasn't working anywhere else. I was just entrepreneur. I was out there hustling with Uber and selling pastries and going to events and doing everything from home. I think the hardest thing was trying to gain income. I was also um, separating from my husband. So income was an issue and we were going through a lot of stuff. And again, I, I kind of broke down. I got into like depression and I let my business kind of go. Um, so that was the hardest moment for me because I left, I think I left, I find it cause I was kind of doing both like the fine working in a restaurant and still doing my business. Um, I left that with the issues with that, went back into my business full time. I was having issues with marriage, things like that. And income was starting to be an issue. I just went into depression mode for like a whole year um, trying to figure out things. And that was the hardest part of my life because even then I was um, trying to figure out things and what's next and um, getting myself together. Um, But of course I had friends and stuff that I could talk to once in a blue moon and trying to get myself together and like get out of this funk so I can focus and get back to who I am. No, I can imagine. Now, if you met your 18-year-old self today, right? So you are you see yourself, but it's in 2022. What would you tell her? I would tell her, don't give up. Um, tell her, whatever you're thinking right now, go after it. Because I had a bad habit of like trying to get advice from people who were not. Like I said, I didn't have a lot of guidance of the places that I wanted to go or how to use my... Um, my creativity or being in design or drawing, I didn't have any guidance or people that I knew that were like in the field already. Um, I would say just whatever you're thinking right now and you want to do, go out and do it. Don't look for the, don't look for advice. Just go and do it. I just, that's how I feel. If you get, if God or whoever's bringing you an idea or you have an intuition about it, just go after it. Yeah, no, I mean, you should. I'm, I'm, and I'm glad you went after it. Now, <laughs> what are your future goals? Right now, just uh, like I said, I got the internship with UI UX Design with the, or the volunteer internship with the UI UX Design. Um, future goals is to maybe start a company eventually. Yeah. No, I see you doing it and I see you doing it well. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So do you mind sharing what the salary ranges are for people in the dining industries? Um, <laughs> I don't know if it changed much now. Well, no, it didn't. It didn't go as far much now either because back then I was making like twelve dollars, thirteen dollars. Now I only see like fifteen dollars. So yeah. like a lot of the posts that I see, because I you know, I go back to check to see if some things. It's like eh, it's like fifteen dollars starting. So you know, um, it's not much. I mean, some some people it might be great. Um, some people it's a good start. Um, but yeah, um, it's like fifteen dollars an hour right now. Now, what can people go up to? Like, if they get good at it, if they stick with it? It really depends. If you get good at it, it's really up to what type of restaurant you work in. 
um, whatever you work kind of like again, whatever you work in, what up to the chef, what position you have, of course, the sous chef and the pastry chef and the um, the head chef makes the most. Um, so I would just say going to school, um, trying to get better. Um, I would say up to, I mean, even posts I've seen up to $22 for some pastry chef. So um, it's not a lot. No, it's definitely not a lot. And it's, it's, it's definitely a tough industry. And I find that you have to like build a following to be able to get repeat regular business to get people who are going to pay premiums and all that. Yeah. Now, you mentioned your future goals. So, you know, I, I know you're going to get them because I, I see that you have the drive and the discipline from that industry. Is there anything you want to share that you haven't shared already? I would say just keep going, um, keep pushing, go after what you want. And like I always tell my kids, because, you know, they're, they're young. So I'm like, they're like always like I'm trying to get them into new things. And they're always like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I would say you don't know which oh, my my um my teenagers are going to say, like, I don't know what what I'm meant to do. I don't know my purpose. I don't know my passion. Sometimes you don't know what it is yet. You don't know what your passion is or your purpose is until you take a path. Everything that I've been through. It brought me here because I was willing to take a path that I thought that was good for me. And I found my path on the way through taking that journey. So I was like, try things, go out and try things, learn something, network. You don't know who you're going to meet that maybe say, hey, look, I see that you're doing this. Maybe you should do this. And that's you know how I've learned how to do things. And I think it's, it's so true. Like, you just don't know, right? You got to try things and you got to figure out. And then you find out like, wow, I really like this. Right. This yeah. is cool. And this, this is was good for me. How would people support you and get in contact with you? Um, you can get in contact with me through my email, um, which is celarock2 at gmail.com. Um, also, I am on Instagram at uh, tamaralstudio.com. Um, you can find a, my link there. Uh, you can see, um, actually, like I said, I've been doing freelance web design and graphic design. So you can see that site there of things that I've worked on. You can see portfolios or you, you can even make an appointment with me to try to make a website, things like that. I'm also on Twitter under the same name, Tamara um, L Studio. Um, that's how you can get in contact with me. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. This was I such a cool it. episode. <laughs> I got to I gotta buy one of your cakes one day. So we'll make it happen right. one of these days <laughs> if, if that's okay with you. But you have a wonderful day and thank you for sharing your story. No problem. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and we'll go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc if you want to personally reach out to me connect or follow me on linkedin at janaid iqbal spelled j-o-n-a-e-d last name i-q-b-a-l until next time no degree no problem no degree.com